because that 10 minute job had become a 20 minute job became a 30 minute job and it just became so big that I just couldn't bring myself to do it power to live more with Joe Dodds welcome to the power to live more podcast all about productivity organization well-being energy and resilience I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show back in 2016 to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean how they focus on productivity, organisation, well-being, energy and resilience to enable them to do more of the stuff that they want to do and less of the stuff that they don't. After 241 shows I've taken a pause from doing new interviews to reshare previous interviews. They were too good to not revisit. So please do bear in mind that this podcast might refer to events from the past as current or in the future, but rest assured that the stories, tips and advice shared by my guests continues to be pure gold. Hello, my name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Rachel Allen. Rachel was introduced to us by Heather Waring from shows numbered 56 and 172. Rachel is a business coach, qualified accountant and business owner herself and she's on a mission to help female entrepreneurs to understand and speak the language of money fluently. Her unique combination of coaching, teaching and mentoring will help you to get on top of your accounts, to address those mind monkeys that can really hold you back and prepare you to grow your business up to and away beyond the VAT threshold. Rachel lives in sunny Norfolk with her husband and two wonderful daughters. She's run a manufacturing business for the last 16 plus years and been qualified as a chartered accountant for over 20 years. She's a self-confessed numbers and spreadsheet geek, but she also loves running, singing and drinking gin, not necessarily in that order. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Rachel Allen. Welcome Rachel, thanks for joining me. Hi, nice to meet you. Great to have you with me. So start by telling us a bit about who you are, what you do, and crucially, where you do it. I'm uh, Rachel Allen. I'm a business coach. Uh, I specialise in helping business owners get on top of their finances, their their accounts and their money mindset, things like that. Mm -hmm. And where do I do it? I do it in sunny Norfolk. Uh Aha. And you have a rather nifty, lovely little office, don't you? Oh, I have a lovely garden room. We had an old shed that was falling down. So when we rebuilt it, we rebuilt it as a, a garden office. And it's, it's great fun, especially in the summer, looking out at the, at the trees and the, the birds and what have you. So you don't just have a fake commute, you have a real commute. <laughs> I have a full 20 seconds. I did time it once. <laughs> Is it a bit muddy occasionally, though? <laughs> it doesn't tend to be too muddy. It can get slippy, especially when the leaves are falling. <laughs> so you talk about um, being a coach and particularly around finances within business mm-hmm. um where did that all come from why do you do what you do why do I do what I do um I am a, an accountant I qualified 20 something years ago straight out of uni um and about 16 years ago I started a manufacturing business so I actually still run that we manufacture electrical wiring harnesses highly exciting stuff <laughs> um and a few years ago I was getting a bit bored really of doing the same thing year in year out 
And I was looking for something different to do. And I came across coaching, which I thought would be a great fit for my personality and what I enjoy doing. And once I was qualified, I then needed to niche um, because, you know, you can, you need to sell yourself and niching is the best way to do that. And I realized that I was kind of throwing the baby out with the bathwater, trying to be this life coach, when in fact, I've got an awful lot of skill and experience around running a business and doing the finances. So I thought I've put the two together, that would be a a good fit. Yes, and I I guess the electrical wire harnesses or whatever you said it was would have been too much of a niche, (laughs) too narrow. (laughs) Well, it's, it's a manufacturing side of things. So I don't know how many people would actually want coaching on, on in that particular area. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I thought the finance side of things and it, it's an area I love. I love numbers. Um, I, I'm very sad. I love accounts. I love reconciling banks and stuff like that. So uh, and, I, I like to share that love with others. Yes. And do you think it's something that you would have ended up doing even without the manufacturing business in the middle? So you were an accountant, would you have sort of developed that business into what you do now? Because that's naturally how you want to be sort of manifesting that skill that you have. I'd like to think so. Um, It's hard to imagine where I would be if I carried on down the corporate road of being employed by other people. Yes. Um, I took the leap to effectively employ myself just because the opportunity was put in front of me, um, my now business partner was um, basically trying to buy part of the company that we worked for, uh, and one of his team pulled out, and so I offered to join in, and, and they were very grateful to have me. I was I was very excited to be there. Yes, um, and it was in a time of my life pre-children and what have you, so it felt that we would regret it if we didn't try it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having got the taste for working for myself I'm not sure now that I would want to work for somebody yeah I'd like to think that 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 need to work for myself would have come up anyway and maybe I'd have gone down this road but um, who knows <laughs> so talk a bit about how important it is to sort of get your head around money and finance in business because it's interesting I think when you're thinking about starting a business you know you sort of probably some people traditionally start thinking about writing a business plan and going to the bank and all that sort of stuff but in reality a lot of people start a business because they just decide to start it and they sort of finance it through you know savings or or just cash flow or other business you know other employment first or whatever and often I think that the financial side of it doesn't really become a focus until either there's a problem or until they're sort of bigger and feel more more sort of um, official <laughs> um, but I, I do feel sure that if more people thought about this before they started and actually had it in mind as they went through they'd sort of be successful quicker and perhaps with less stress what are your thoughts on that I'd like to think that's the case yeah because I think a lot of people they start it because they want to help people yeah. Uh, they want to do what it is that they do. So quite often it's a side hustle um, or they run it alongside their normal work. And that's sort of how they fund the initial yeah. startup, if you like. Yeah. Um, and people often don't think about the accounts. It's the last thing on their mind. And they will either struggle because they've not got, you know, they're not making the money that they need to. And they, so they don't want to look at their finances or they actually do very well. 
Uh, and they don't really need to think about it, but then something will happen. So, you know, a tax bill will come up and they've suddenly gone, oh my gosh, I haven't even thought about tax. Um, or they, they just get this sense of, I'm doing all right, but am I really? Is something lurking, waiting for me? And that's when they tend to start looking at their accounts to, to, to try and understand things. Uh-huh. If you can get a grip of it straight away, it, it can give you such a sense of confidence in what you're doing because you understand where you are and what what's going on mm-hmm. um but also as you um as you grow you can sort of start to set some decent uh, goals and uh, set your uh, budgets and really start working towards a concrete goal rather than just well I'm doing okay um and I think doing okay is probably the the death note of many many dreams because yeah. you're in business and you're doing okay um and so th- you just tick along doing okay for, for quite some time um whereas if you can really get to grips with what's going on financially um and that you have to do that both physically and emotionally um it's not just doing the books and getting on top of those what well, that is really really important it's also the emotional side of it so giving yourself permission to earn a decent amount of money, mm-hmm. um, giving yourself permission to pay a large tax bill. A lot of people are terrified of a decent tax bill. Yes. Personally, I look at a tax, a big tax bill and go, you've just earned a load of money. Well done. <laughs> you see what I mean? And a lot of people, though, they think of it almost as a fine for doing well. So they don't want to do well, so they don't get fined. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if you can really get to grips with, it being safe to make a decent amount of money and wanting to do it, then you know it becomes so much easier. Mm. And how do you work with your clients? Because I sort of imagine that people are at all sorts of different places, you know, from having, I don't know, a, a carrier bag of receipts and they haven't even thought about their <laughs> their accounts, never mind what that tells them or, or any of that sort of stuff, right the way through to, you know, being much more sophisticated because they come from a corporate background where they were used to accounts and all that sort of stuff. Well, what's your process? To be honest, what I, what I do is it's, I have what I call a confession session. And so <laughs> basically I go through with people what it is that's holding them back or that they are having trouble with at that moment. Yeah. And quite often the thing that they have a problem with isn't necessarily the problem that they're presenting to me. Um, so they might be saying, I, I just can't do my books, can't get on my accounts, but actually they've got a slight issue around um, allowing themselves to, to be successful. They're beginning to feel that they shouldn't be allowed to. Do you know what I mean? It becomes a bit yeah, of a mindset yeah. thing. Yeah. What I'm pleased to say is that I don't actually do people's books. I, I've done that. I've been there, got the T-shirt, and I don't do that side of things. So if they come to me with a, a bag of receipts, we work through what they can do about that bag of receipts. Thankfully, yeah. I don't have to sit and go through that bag of receipts anymore. Really? <laughs> but trying to understand why they've let it build up into a bag of receipts, what it is that's holding them back um, from doing it. I had one client who she said she knew exactly what she should do um, and she hated inputting things onto the computer. Yeah. So we talked it through and worked out that the type of business she had there was nothing stopping her doing the whole thing on paper. And that was much more her style. So she started recording things onto paper in a little book and gave that to the accountant with the receipts. Yeah. And it, so she was able to keep on top of her accounts and know where she was 
it was just a slightly more manual process than somebody else who, who's a whiz at zero or QuickBooks or something. Yes, yeah. And we were able to identify what it was that was holding her back from, from doing what she needed to do. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. I, I used to have sort of, well, years where I, I would sort of, get stuck on something like PayPal was always the thing I could never reconcile. And so I'd put it off and put it off and put it off. Of course, it would then be like such a ridiculous job. I mm. still wouldn't do it sort of thing. Um, and then uh, I've finally got my head around just doing stuff regularly, you know, like every day, every other day, just doing a couple of things and using technology and, you know, taking away all those barriers that get in the way. And it cracked me up this year that I actually, instead of sending my accounts to my accountant at the beginning of January, to be sorted out by the end of January I sent them to him in July and of course it took him about three months to get back to me because he was so shocked <laughs> he probably didn't have a slot for me because he's got me carved out for January <laughs> so uh but interesting that that like you've just said exactly the example with with that client that you just have something that's a, a, a friction point a barrier and as soon as you take that away you know things Things. things generally flow yeah. I, mean, I definitely agree with you on the little and often um i have a thing that i try to do each week it's called finance friday and so i just do a little video on linkedin and facebook trying to encourage people to do a bit of their accounts yeah. um every week yeah um because that's exactly true what is a little job today or a medium you know mediumly yeah. small job once a week if you leave it three months yes you know, absolute nightmare. Because I, I was, I had the exact example. I have a job that I do in my manufacturing company. I do my dividend vouchers, and it literally takes ten minutes. Mm-hmm. But I did eighteen months worth in one go, <laughs> because that ten minute job had become a twenty minute job, became a thirty minute job, and it just became yeah. so big that I just couldn't bring myself to do it. Yeah, yeah. But the, the problem with having a to do on your to do list for that long, it's really draining. Yeah. It never goes away and it sits in the back of your head constantly. Mm. Um, and I think if you've got a to-do that stays on your to-do list for a really long time, you have to face it. You have to eat that frog. Yeah. However you do it, whether you give it to someone else to do or whether you do it yourself, you'll feel such a relief having done it. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, I can say NatWest helped me actually because I <laughs> I have a, a, a charge card with them where um, – I'd log in, but eventually like at seven o'clock at night, cause I hadn't, I'd ignored it all day sort of thing. And mm. then it would, and then it would say that it wasn't available because obviously they must process from early evening sort of thing. And oh, so right. I'd regularly not end up dealing with it and reconciling the account and everything else because you couldn't get into the blinking website. And now they've created an app and done away with the website and I can look at it at three o'clock in the morning if I like, and it's there. So, <laughs> so thank you, NatWest. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I'm procrastinating, you haven't caused me an issue. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I've, I've been converted to zero, the um, yes, yeah, because uh, it connects through to your bank account. Yes, so I no longer have to connect to HSBC or PayPal. I can just open zero, and it tells me everything that's happened. Yes, yeah. and as long as I reconcile the bank every couple of days, everything's processed and everything's done. Yes, yeah, so, it's uh, great, isn't it? Find that fabulous, yeah. yeah. My my um my sort of uh, again removing that friction point was discovering receipt bank. I used to forever have bits of paper. Not that I have many receipts anymore, because of course I'm not travelling anywhere <laughs> as we're currently in lockdown. Um, but I used to you know have piles and piles of receipts that I had to enter, and it used to drive me loopy. But as soon as I discovered that, and I could take a photo of the receipt when I was you know 
at the coffee shop or or um forward emails to it or whatever it just is so much hassle yeah mm-hmm. so so i'm i'm the technology fan not the not the pen and paper <laughs> fan well, no, and, and once you get into that literally just taking photographs or emailing it to it, it it's yeah. it's ridiculously easy isn't it yes yeah so how much of the time do the things that you coach your clients on end up not being about the money at all um to be honest with you, it's almost all the time. Yes, um, say that. <laughs> people are really terrible. People get very scared of numbers. Yes. Oh, I don't do finances. I don't understand my accounts. God, I can't do tax, can't do VAT. And in fact, most of the time, they just don't want to look at it for mm. one reason or another. You know, and sometimes they've been told over the years, you know, they, they've flunked their GCC maths or you know they've been told constantly or they have a story they tell themselves that they're no good with money yeah um and so they believe that they are whereas the actual fact as long as you can use a calculator you can do your account it's not complicated it is literally adding up and taking away Uh most of the time it is getting a system in place that will run it for you Mm -hmm. um i mean understanding the tech can be an issue for quite a lot of people but you know, there are people out there who can set that tech up for you and, and help you run with it. Yeah. Um, and so most of it is around the mindset you have around your finances and, and believing in yourself and, and in them, if that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you've talked a bit about how you work with your students in or your students, your um, clients in, in terms of your what did you call it again your confession oh, my confession sessions yeah <laughs> um what what does what does it look like from there in terms of you know what do your days look like how how much time do you spend doing different parts of, of things in your business well my, my my days look a bit strange because I still have the manufacturing business running yeah. alongside so I, I'm doing two things at the same time um the intention had been to step back a bit more from the manufacturing um, and do more of the coaching, but COVID decided it had different plans yes. <laughs> uh, for me. Because at one point I was working completely full time in the manufacturing, um, right. yeah, going on. Um, but these days I'm spending two days a week actually in the office running the manufacturing, and then the other three days I have spaces for a few confession sessions each day, and the rest of the time I'm either doing the marketing for it, doing my own accounts. Um, or catching up with some of the manufacturing stuff mm-hmm. and so you're managing sort of two business uh, perspectives if you like how do you then integrate that with your home life as well bearing in mind that you work from home or work from the shed I know you don't call it that garden office <laughs> as well yeah. probably really badly is the answer <laughs> to that yeah. um, it became quite clear during the lockdown because obviously we spent far more time I used to spend three three or four days a week in the office and with with COVID we changed that so that I, I only go in two days now um and so it did become quite obvious when the kids were at home from school quite how much time I liked spending in my office working <laughs> <laughs> and it's my little hidey hole um and it's where I will disappear to yeah um when I'm trying to hide from them all <laughs> so what I'm trying to do now is to be much stricter with myself. So if I'm in the office, it's all about the manufacturing. It's, you know, I'm trying not to look at Facebook or um, doing any marketing for the coaching. You know, this yeah. is it's just then. And when I'm here, I try to have set times. So if I come into the garden room, 
that's when I'm working. Yeah. So if I go back into the house, then I am mummy or wife um, and I'm, I'm doing home things rather mm. than work. Mm-hmm. See, so that, that commute is important, all 20 seconds of it. <laughs> it is vital, actually, yeah. I, do, I actually miss the half an hour commute that I have to the office. Yeah. Because I would listen to books. Yeah, I'm a mad audio fan. Love, love listening to books. And I could get through quite a few with the amount of driving that I was doing. And now that I have a 20-second commute, you don't listen to very much in that. I know. It's hard, isn't it? It's my, my husband, firstly, is having what people call a fake commute. He's, he's doing the school run, which the, um, our daughter used to go to school on the bus. But obviously, with COVID, we didn't want her going on the bus. Mm. And we have um, friends opposite whose sister is also at the school so between the three families we we take them to school you know masks on and all that sort of thing yeah um but uh, so we decided we committed to doing you know school runs and I convinced him that it was a good idea for him to do it in the mornings firstly because I don't get up <laughs> I stay up late and I don't get up uh, early um mm-hmm. but secondly because he was used to going to work and now he works from home he you know doesn't drive to work um, he did complain that he wanted the school moved so he could drive along the seafront as he used to do. <laughs> but he's actually got into, you know, the groove of it and actually enjoys that that time in the morning. Um, and so, you know, whenever I see people talking about fake commutes, I say, oh, my husband has one of those. Um, so I that's worked quite well for him. Very underrated, actually, the commute. Yes. I yeah. mean, a long commute, obviously, is is hard work and, and very tiring. But I think there is an optimal amount of time, sort of 15 to 20 minutes, that yeah. is actually you wind down from work on the way back and you yeah. prepare for work on the way there. Yes, yeah. I read some about someone today saying that they go for a cycle ride with their neighbour every morning to the end of the lane and back because about 30 minutes and they do it every evening as well. And that's, you know, again, their sort of uh, fake commute and their opportunity to sort of wind up and gear down sort of thing. But, um, but it's interesting what you're saying about the not listening to the books because I am an, am an avid podcast listener or at least I was until lockdown because I used to listen when I walked um, which I didn't do for a long time because we were really properly shielding because of my mother-in-law who lives next door um, and I, I listen when I'm driving and I've got no reason to drive anywhere <laughs> pretty much at the moment um, and so I've ended up trying to listen to things when I'm cooking because I can because I can't really listen when I'm working half the time because I need to concentrate and I can't concentrate if someone's talking to me mm. <laughs> but now, but I'm now missing my music because I listen to classical music when I'm working but normally when I'm cooking I listen to you know singing music and pop music and things like that but of course now I've got to fit in those podcasts so it's actually quite hard <laughs> it is isn't it <laughs> there's so many things we want to listen to that we want to do there's yeah. only so many hours in the day. Yeah, exactly. But it, but then it's also ridiculous because I could just say, well, I used to listen to, you know, X number of hours a week of podcasts because I was walking or driving. I'm just going to listen to them anyway and just sit there yeah. <laughs> or, or walk up and down the stairs or something. But um, but you don't, do you? Because I, I guess you stack, stack habits, don't you? So, you know, you've got, like I said, like you said, you know, we both drove and listened and now we're not driving. We can't possibly listen because those two things go together. <laughs> it's really, really odd, but there we go. So how do you make sure you stay organised? What sort of technology or not are you using? You might be one of our paper and pen people. <laughs> I am slightly more the paper and pen. Um, I, I, I use a bullet journal. I, I love my bullet journal. 
I just need to actually use it more. Yes. Um, I am one of these people that complains a lot about um, having a lot to do. And, and I'm waiting for someone to create the system that works for me. Um, you know, yeah. I've tried using Nosby. I've tried using Outlook and all the tasks and everything. But at the end of the day, I need a piece of paper where I've written down my to-do list and I can tick it off. Yes. And I am one of those sad people that will write, do a to-do list as one of my to-dos so that it's the first <laughs> thing it gets ticked off. And I have been known to write down something that I've already done. You've already done. I was going to say, it could be worse. You could do that, but clearly you do. <laughs> yes, I do that too. <laughs> there is something about ticking off a list. Yes. Um, and I realised that about myself recently because I struggle when it's a really big task. Mm. Um, and a task that's going to take me weeks to do. Yeah. But it's one line. Yeah. Um, classic with my, with my manufacturing, I have to reprice one of my customers every year. And there's about 600 items that I have to work my way through. And it takes weeks. And, but it just, it's just written down as pricing, as a one-liner. Yeah. <laughs> and so I have learned recently that I need to break it down much, yeah. much more so that I can tick them off and, and get that satisfaction of ticking things off. Yes, yeah. Yeah, that, sometimes I do that on my to-do list where I make it a daily task for a week and then I can tick it off every day, but it reappears the next day rather than it being the same task. So yeah, that, that gives me that, um, it's probably a dopamine hit, isn't it, of ticking, mm. ticking the box. <laughs> That's the joy of the bullet journal is that you're meant to rewrite your list each day. Yes. So that when you start seeing a recurring item, it reminds you to either get off your backside and do it or delegate it or ditch it. Mm. Yes, yeah. I talk quite often about a, a, a sort of um, to-do list process that I used a little bit a few, well, a good few years ago now. And I keep saying I'm going to go and find it, and I haven't. <laughs> um, but it, it probably was a pre precursor to the um, bullet journal in that you did a list and then you scanned it and picked out things you were going to do. And as new things came in, you added them to the bottom. And then you, yeah. I think after you'd gone around three times, you then had to start copying the things you hadn't done that you still wanted to do to the bottom of the list, but cross all the rest out and just drop them as you've just said. So yeah, maybe that's sort of where the bullet journal concept came from. Um, Cause it does sound quite similar. So I find it really useful and, and I, I do like having a nice notebook that I can write in. I, I'm definitely mm. a writer from that point of view. You do all the like um, cartoon and coloring and everything else into really, really tart it up. You know what? <laughs> Bullet journals didn't work for me until I realised that I didn't have to do all that. <laughs> well, you might say that. <laughs> I'm not artistic at all. And I used to look up bullet journal spreads for, for yeah. ideas and things. And they were all so pretty. And they had so many different colours. And, oh, when I discovered yeah. that I didn't even need to, like, draw a box, I could just write a list. Yeah. It made life so much easier. Yes, yeah, I think that's probably what put me off for, for ages, but for the fact that it's not technology either. I like I like being able to reorganise my list um, without being able to tell that I reorganised it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what about um, keeping yourself healthy and energised for your work, especially given you have two, <laughs> two areas of work? How do you do that? Again, this is a work in progress. Um, I try to um, I try to plan what I mean. If if I'm doing it well, if I'm being healthy, if I'm if it's all going to plan, I have a plan for my food. If I don't, then I will buy something from a van or I will eat some chocolate at lunchtime. 
Um, and yeah. I know that this is probably the one area of my, my self-care that I really need to, to make a difference in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm ta- I've decided I'm taking two weeks off over Christmas. I finish on the 18th and I'm not restarting until January. And it's scaring me. <laughs> it's like I've never done it completely like that before. But this year I'm, I'm going to do it. And yeah. in that time, I'm gonna, I'm, yeah, the plan is to have some family time together but also to start planning for, for January so I can actually start getting properly healthy. Yes, yeah. As you say, I've got two young girls and I can see them picking up all of my bad habits. Yes. I hear the, if I just have this now, mummy, I won't have any tomorrow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. One of the um, my top tips for, for such things is an app called Paprika. If, you're, if you do cooking, um, Paprika is just I, – I, I, love it to the point where I want to tell everyone about it <laughs> um it allows you to put all your recipes in but it all and you can save them from the internet and so on and then you can um set up your menu for the week in it and then you can also create your shopping list from it um, oh. and you can set up pre um pre-saved menus as well so if you you know I haven't done this yet but I keep thinking I must sort of choose four weeks of you know, of dinners um, and save them as four separate menus. And then you can just whack a week's menu in and it populates it. And then you can, you know, create your shopping list from it and your, your job done sort of thing without having to be too creative. Cause I think that's, that's the bit that puts me off is trying to be creative and come up with something different to yesterday and last week and things like that. And I don't think you have to be that creative. You just think you do. And absolutely. My husband does most of that, but I will suggest it to him because mm. he gets very wound up having to think about what to feed us all. Yes. Yeah. It's such a... home, he had to do lunch as well. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Of yeah. So, yeah. So it's, um, it's such a relief just to sort of go, Oh, I know what I'm having. Like quite often in the evening, I'll suddenly go, Oh, what are we having tomorrow? I might have to get something out the freezer <laughs> <laughs> rather than thinking, Oh, what shall I get out of the freezer? You know, I actually know what we're having tomorrow. I just need to go and find it. So uh, yeah, I, I thoroughly recommend it. <laughs> so what about um, learning and improving yourself? You're sort of business life has changed quite a lot over the years with the, the different businesses that you run. How, I mean, you talked about um, audiobooks. How else do you keep yourself um, abreast of what's happening and what you need to know? Um, well, from an accounting point of view, I tend to follow up with the, um, with my institute, the Institute of Chartered Accountants yeah. in England and Wales. They do a very good um, CPD program, uh-huh. um, which I must confess, I haven't done as much of this year because of COVID and everything being crazy. Yeah. But I try to keep on top of all the tax stuff and the accounting stuff through them. Um, and up until sort of the end of 2019, I was still training um, as a coach. And so I was doing a lot of training with them. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have actually bought two diplomas from them. I've done the first diploma. Um, and once COVID has relaxed its grip on the world, I'm, I'm planning to do another one. So uh, I sort of will continue sort of training with them because I do like in ha- in person training um yeah. going away from the day-to-day stuff uh, and focusing on what it is you want to learn because I, f- I find if I'm just trying to watch a webinar um or, or just reading something myself it doesn't go in in quite the same way yes yeah so I have missed the in-person stuff a lot this year mm, mm. yeah it's interesting I am um, I've 
liked the excuse to not have to go into the in-person stuff. <laughs> they thought did it rarely enough that it was still a treat. <laughs> yes, although to be fair, I haven't done any of the online stuff either. I, I've avoided that too. So uh, maybe I just need to focus back on my podcast. That's where I do my learning. <laughs> so last couple of questions then what about those days where it all goes horribly wrong how do you deal with those days how do you get through them um the honest answer is probably gin <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah I'm with you on that one <laughs> um to be honest with you if things are going so completely pear-shaped I will just down tools yeah. uh, walk away from it probably quite literally go for a walk around the block Mm-hmm. Yeah, get some headspace, have a bath, um, and then just settle down with the family in front of something naff on the telly. Yeah. And just go away go away from it for a few hours, get back to it in the morning. And nearly always when you're back to it the next day, you can see a different way of going about it. Mm-hmm. When, when you're was, stuck on it and in it, it, yeah. it can get too much. I always think reconciling accounts is a great example of that. The amount of times I've not been able to get something to add up and then I leave it and the next day it works straight away. Yeah. It's, it's a <laughs> there law. Is there a law of that? The law I of- think there is. And the worst one is when you're learning to do it and then you ask your boss for help. You've got to the point where you just cannot do it anymore. And they walk in and because they're fresh eyes, they just go, is that backwards? They go, oh, damn it. What? And I had that with a, an employee of mine and he was – Every time he got stuck and got to the point where he had to ask for help, I would walk in and just go, it's that. And he used to hate me. He'd curse me for it because it was so obvious. Why didn't he see it? And it's just because if you've got the blinkers around something, you've looked at something for so long. Yeah. You know, just a fresh pair of eyes on something. So sometimes, you know, just asking someone. Yes. Just to have a look at it can, yeah. can be the answer. Yeah, definitely. Did you end up starting to come in and, and pretend you'd got the answer wrong until, you know, a, oh, no, a I mean, period I of time? <laughs> <laughs> and the last question then, what about those days where you get to live more? And that's why I talk about getting to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What do they look like for you? Oh, if I was living the full life I would be currently in New Zealand doing my coaching and my work from a beach house enjoying their summer so I've got family down there who we uh-huh. were meant to be with now um and so we, we're missing them terribly yeah and my one day goal is to spend my currently winters down in the summer and have two summers a year Ooh, yeah. so enjoying the best of, of everything but I, I love what I do you know the the coaching sessions that I do with people helping them to get on top of their finances to see the difference in mindset that they come away with really um makes me feel great yeah. you know I, I it surprises me because to me the stuff is so easy and so obvious and I'm having to allow myself to make money doing something that is quite easy to me because it's not easy to everyone else. Yeah. And it's learning that you have value even in something that you don't realize to yourself, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I, I love doing that. I love talking with my clients. I love helping them yeah. to understand what their accounts are telling them. Mm-hmm. They can go and, and make a huge difference in their business. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I've mentioned, um, my friend Lucy Whittington a number of times on this podcast who has the book um, 
which I think is called Finding Your Thing. And she talks about the fact that, you know, what you're best at, you know, we can all see at the end of your nose, but you can't see it because it's on, you know, the end of your nose. So it's too close to you. And how often we we just dismiss things and think that we can't make money doing that or we can't deliver that as a service because everyone can do it. It's, you know, it's not difficult, is it? And actually, for most people, it is because it's we your gift. That, yeah. The art's only genius. It's only easy to us because yes. it's our genius. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. You ask me to create something or design something, you know, I'm nowhere. <laughs> Give me numbers and I'm yours. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So it's been brilliant talking to you today, Rachel. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch. Um, probably the easiest way, I, I'm on Facebook. Uh, just look at Rachel Allen Coaching. That's my page. Um, and my website is rachelallencoaching.co.uk. So if you jump on either of those, you can get in touch with me. Brilliant. Lovely. Thanks, Rachel. Thanks for your time. No, thank you. Attention, home-based coaches and consultants. Are you tired of feeling alone, isolated and frustrated with running your home-based coaching or consulting business? Are you sick of feeling like your life would be better and you'd be happier if you felt more organised and productive? Do you feel like there's simply not enough time in a day to get all the things done that you need to do to build a successful business while making time to live more? It's time to stop the isolation and start getting more organised, productive and focused on the skills that will move the needle forward. It's time to join the Power to Live More Calm membership. If you're ready to, stop creating the wheel and focus on the things that truly matter in your life and business. Learn what you need to know to be successful and live more. Get accountability help from a group of like-minded home-based business owners. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership program and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash get calm. Use your power to live more. 